Good morning, everybody. I feel like um, this morning that we're supposed to be kind of tracking what we've been doing really for the past month now. Uh, if you guys have been here for the past month, we've been talking um, a lot about sowing into each other's promises and purposes of God in our life. We've been talking about things that are hindering those promises and those purposes that take place. And um, I think we're supposed to continue on this theme. I feel like um, there are things um, that the Lord wants to, to release today to equip us. I, just, I, I really feel like this is an equipping session. So this might not be like if you came to hear like a good message for preaching and, you know, it's not going to happen today. <laughs> this is an equipping session. And uh, if you guys have been around Morningstar long enough, you know, you know, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 is kind of a cornerstone church, uh, scripture for us that we're called to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so I feel like this is going to be an equipping session specifically about what we've been talking about over the past uh, couple weeks now. Um, so, you know, I've got to ask uh, about the homework assignment. Do you guys remember what the homework assignment was? Pray, pray. I hear pray. Wait, sorry. Say it again. Pray for the Holy Spirit to come, right? Pray for the service, right? Pray for the service every day, for the Lord to show up, for the Lord to move in our midst in a powerful way. You guys, uh, you guys remember what, what, our, what we're aiming for? What's our aim? That's he, yeah, that's right, that there's a rumor that he's here in our house, Mark 2, right? To what degree? What is our aim? What is the vision that we're praying for? Now, I'm talking corporately here as a body. What, what is, remember we talked about the purposes of God for our local body here and beyond. You guys remember, I think it was, was that two weeks ago? Yeah, something, yeah, I think it was two weeks ago we talked about this. You guys remember that? What is, what is the aim? What is the vision? What is the promise that the Lord has spoken? The bigger promise that the Lord has spoken over our area? A, re, a revival, right? I heard revival. Someone said revival. To what degree? Do you guys remember? Greater than the Welsh revival. Has anybody, like, since then, like, Googled or looked that up at all, what the Welsh Revival entailed? <laughs> no. <laughs> I highly encourage you guys. There's a bunch of stuff on, on YouTube. There's a bunch of stuff on the Internet of, you know, historical things. Rick Joyner actually wrote this book. Um, I think it's The World of Flame. Is that, is that what it's called? Yeah. And... Uh, and I felt like the, the Lord said to, for me to read it and to reread it. This is probably like the third or fourth time that I've read this book. It's a tremendous book. But it talks about the historical um, happenings of the Welsh revival. And uh, it's powerful. And I feel like the Lord was saying, Paul, you need to like get a vision for what is coming so that you know what to pray for and that you can prepare and to some, some degree, I mean, <laughs> does that make sense? So I highly encourage you guys, read up on it, watch a video on YouTube if you're like not into reading. <laughs> There's some really cool videos on, on YouTube about it that explains what happened. But literally 100,000 people came to Christ in a year, 100,000. And they didn't have the internet, they didn't have TV, they had not, no radio. I mean, this is like, I mean, it was awesome. And it transformed, it kick-started a lot of other revival fires and stuff like that. So I, I encourage you guys to, to uh, check it out, to do some homework on it. Get a vision for what we're praying for here. Okay? Because it's big. It really is. And remember, big things start with small groups. You guys know that, right? You guys remember the Argentine revival? There was five people in that room that kick-started a revival that transformed that nation. There was 120 folks in an upper room 
that were seeking and praying God together that transformed the whole world. You know, sometimes I think we look at our, like, you know, our body or, or like our small, our home group or something like that. And we're like, man, this is too big. Why are we praying for this thing? But in reality, that's how God does things. He uses the small to confound the wise and the weak. And, um, you know, so I encourage you guys, read up on it because it's coming. <laughs> and, uh, and if you are here in Wilmington, it is not by accident. There's a purpose of God that is wrapped up in this. If you're called to Wilmington you're gonna, and you're a believer, you're supposed to be part of this thing. You're supposed to be working towards this thing, this move of God. It's not by accident. How many here are actually Wil Wilmingtonians? Is that the word, Wilmingtonians? Raise your hand if you are. Like four or five of you? One, two, three. Or, yeah, born here or born, yeah, or raised, yeah. Yeah, there's like small handful. The rest of you guys are from out of town? Yeah. We've got uh, even Peter. He's from across the, uh, the ocean over there. <laughs> it's not by accident that you guys are here. And um, so anyway, so we've been talking about this, right, for the past couple weeks here. And uh, I'm, I just want to encourage you guys to read up on the things that God wants to do here. Read up on the Welsh Revival. Get it Now, it's not going to, obviously, it's not going to look exactly like this. You know, it's, it was a different time period and all that. But there were, there's going to be very, there's going to be similarities to it that, um, you know, and I believe our body is supposed to be part of that. We're supposed to contribute to this to help facilitate this move in some capacity. Now, there's other promises and purposes that God has for our life. Like, and we talked about it over the, over the past couple of weeks about, um, you know, prophetic intercession, right? You guys remember that, that term? Some of you guys, you're like, prophetic intercession? What is that? I'm not an intercessor. Do you guys remember what prophetic intercession actually is? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's basically partnering with the Holy Spirit, working with the Holy Spirit, and praying his heart, praying his will, praying his purpose, because he has given us authority here on earth to bring the kingdom of heaven. Otherwise, Jesus would not have said, when you pray, pray like this, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is to heaven, right? So we've been given authority to bring the rule and the, the kingdom of heaven through the church. That's what the Father, that's his plan. We are his plan, okay? So to see a move of God here in Wilmington, here in eastern North Carolina, to see a healing well uh, flowing here in our body to see the promises of God actuated in each, each one of your lives, it's going to happen through us, right? He's going to use us to actually bring these things to, to pass. And so prophetic intercession is just being a friend of God, hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying, and then partnering with him and praying what he, he's praying and what he shows you to pray, okay? So these things, we talked about it um, over the past couple of weeks, that, that these things come through prophetic intercession. And um, we talked about the benefits and the results of us sowing into one another and into the, the corporate body through prophetic intercession, right? What happens when you sow into somebody else's life, when you're praying for somebody else to, to walk in the fullness of their calling? What happens to you? Do you guys remember? What? It strengthens you? Yeah, yeah. But what specifically happens when you sow into somebody else's pur purpose through prophetic intercession? Your purpose comes forth. That's right, right? So you sow and you reap. You guys remember this? Okay, so when you're sowing into the purposes of, of the local body, the same thing happens. The result is that you actually ultimately walk in your purpose because your purpose and, and your, the promises of God, they are interdependent 
with the body of Christ. You will never walk in the fullness of your purpose and your calling in life if you're disconnected from the body, if you're not sowing into the body. You will never go to the fullness of your, your potential. You might walk in a little gifting. You might walk in a little success. But the ultimate plan of God for your life and the purpose of God on your life will never be fulfilled unless you're sowing in the body and you're reaping from the body. Does that make sense? This is huge. That's why there's so many Christians that are disconnected from the body that are floundering out there. They're not walk, they've just been sidetracked. They have, they've got offended at the body. They get offended at somebody or a preaching or a word or somebody looked at them wrong or didn't say hi to them on Sunday morning. I don't know. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Something. The enemy came in and he divided them and then he devoured them, basically. So I'm, I'm saying that to encourage you guys that Man, we are supposed to be operating together as a body, like my body is operating together in unity. Except when I'm playing golf, right? You know, I'm not. Um, anyway, that was a joke for you, Andrew. Um, but so that being said, um, I feel like there's uh, the Lord wants us to talk specifically about, okay, how do you practically partner in, in prayer? Paul, you've been talking about this partnering in prayer, and prayer stuff with the Holy Spirit. But, you know, when I sit down and I pray, I just pray my list and I just like, and that's it. I don't know, what are you talking about when you actually, like when you mean prophetically praying and listening to the Holy Spirit? I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to, to like equip us this morning to actually walk how to actually do this, okay? And there's a foundation that I feel like uh, we need to lay first um, before we go into that, and it's, it's this. So um, first off, so how do we practically partner with God in prayer? First off, number one, we pray His will. Okay, I know this sounds really simple, but this is the key. This is the key for us to practically partner with God in prayer is by praying according to his will. Okay, that's why Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, and in 1 John 5.14 and this is the confidence. I'm going to read from the Amplified here. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any requests according to his will in agreement with his own plan, he listens to us and he hears us. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted that we have granted us as our present possessions the requests made of him. I know there's a mouthful, but I think this is makes this clear that when we pray the will of God, we can have confidence that it's going to come to pass. Okay, that's basically what this is saying. That we can have a boldness that when we know and understand the will of God, that we can pray it out and we can expect it to actually take place in our life and in our church's life or whatever you're praying for. Does that make sense? So the key here is okay, that's cool, Paul. Like, we got to pray his will. But how do we actually find out what his will is about a situation? And how do we actually pray it? Okay, first and foremost, what's, what's the obvious way that we know his will? His word, right. The written word of God lays out so many promises that communicate the will of God for us and for the world here. So we can confidently take the word of God and the promises of God and we can actually pray them out over a situation and believe that because it's his will that he will bring it to pass. Okay, so that's number one. That's the, that's the, 
the easiest one really to do, really, because you all most, you know, we can all read, and we can read the promises of God, and there are so many of them that communicate his heart and his will and his word. That's why it is so important for us to be in his word, in this Bible, every single day, every day, consuming his word like the bread as like the manna, right, in the desert. Every day, get up every day. The Israelites, they got up every day to, to gather that manna, to get their bread. All right? It is, this is huge. All right. So another way that we can pray and we can partner with the Holy Spirit, the will of God is, you guys probably already know, somebody shout out some, some ways. We're going to see if you guys have been listening. We've been talking about this stuff over the past couple of weeks. Wait, say that again. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Yeah, Josh, you get an A right there. Check. Pray in the Spirit, right? That's another way to pray. You know, how many times have like, uh, you know how many times like the Lord will wake me up or, or like I'll just, I'll be in a situation and you guys, if you guys remember that story when I was working at Olive Garden, when I didn't know what to pray for, but I knew I needed to pray God's will, but I didn't know what I didn't know what His will was, so I just began to pray in the Spirit. Because, right, in Romans eight twenty six, now in the same way the Spirit also helps us in, in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words, and He who has searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So you can be confident. You can take it to the bank when you want to pray over a situation, over a promise, over a purpose of God. That's kind of what we're talking about, interceding for something. You can take it to the bank that when you pray in the Spirit, when you're praying in tongues, you are praying the literal will of God over that situation. Let me say that again. You are praying the very literal of God. It's coming out of your mouth. Whether you understand the words that you're praying or not, you can have confidence that what you're praying is going to be answered because it is the will of God, right? Because of 1 John 5. All right. The other way that we can, we can know the will of God is we receive it by revelation, Okay, Colossians 1.9. You guys turn to it if you want. I'm just going to read through. i got a bunch of scriptures. I'm going to just plow through here. This is an awesome prayer to be praying over yourself every day and over whoever you're praying for. So I'm going to read it. Uh, Colossians 1.9. For this reason we also, from the day we heard of it, have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you, asking that you may be filled with the full, deep, clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom, in comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things. Isn't that an awesome prayer? So what does that prayer actually, it's an awesome prayer, but what does that prayer tell you and I? What do you guys think? What is that prayer communicating other than praying, you know? Does anybody know? His will. What about his will? That we can know it? I heard somebody say, yeah, yeah. It is his will for you to know his will. I know that sounds very simple, but I'm telling you, this is huge. Most Christians that I talk to, and I'm not exaggerating, most people, most Christians that I talk to don't really believe that they can know God's will. God's ways, they're, they're a mystery. And, but this prayer right here proves to you and I that it is his will for you to know his will. And not just know it, but to be filled with it. The filled with the full, deep, and clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. 
That's a mouthful too, but I like that amplified version there. We are called to know the will of God. It is our Father's will for us to know what his business is, right? What did John 15, 15 say? I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. But I now call you friends because why? Because friends what? They know the secrets of the Father. That is our calling, right? So you can know the will of God. It is the will of God for you to know the will of God. <laughs> All right? And I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I literally have, literally have argued with some Christians over this, this fact. And, and you know what they, they throw out to me? They say Isaiah 55, 8. Okay? It's a, they use this scripture and it, to literally say we can't know God's will. So Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declare the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And they use this scripture, and we sometimes kind of use this scripture, we're like, man, it's just, I guess we're just not going to know God's will over this situation. I just, his ways are higher. <laughs> you know, you guys ever heard people say that? You've been in church long enough, you're going to hear that. His way, we just can't know the will of God. He just, we're just little, you know, grains of dust here on this earth. And, you know, but uh, the reality is, okay, what this scripture is actually saying here is that our ways are, that his ways are higher than ours. His ways are like incomprehensible to our, our peanut brain. So if we here on earth in our natural state cannot comprehend and understand the will of God, then we need to, we need to change our position. That's right. Revelations 4.1 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here. I will show you what must take place after these things. This is our inheritance as sons. And when I say sons, I'm including, you know, girls and boys. As sons of our heavenly Father, our inheritance is to be seated with Christ in the heavenly places, which is up there. The scripture says that you literally are seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. Not when you die and you go to heaven, you're seated with him right now. So that means that you have a perspective or you have access. Let me say it this way. You have access to the perspective of that seat. Does that make sense? It is your inheritance. It is my inheritance. My ways are higher than your ways. Well, let's go higher. Let's get up higher. Because here's the cool thing. You know, I'm not making this up. He, this was his design. He wanted to share this with us. He doesn't want to do all this stuff by himself and like, I'm the sovereign God and I'm going to do... No, he's inviting us into an intimate relationship with him, to partner with him, and to know his ways. I mean, it's what the, the priv privilege of this, of like knowing the God of the universe's mind and his thoughts and what, how he thinks about things and how he feels about things, he wants to share that with his sons and daughters. The God of the universe, I mean, gosh. Um, yeah, okay, you guys are getting it. And here in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verses 9 and 10, but as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Okay, so this is another scripture that people kind of like take out of context because it's referring to, you know, but like, and they forget to read the actual next verse, okay? 
the next verse, it says, but, okay, but God. But God has revealed them to us through who? His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. So I'm, I'm just reiterating the point here that we can know the will of God. You can know the will of God. He wants you to know the will of God. It is his will for you to know the will of God. <laughs> his ways are higher than your natural mind and your carnal thinking and all that kind of stuff and human wisdom. They're way higher than all of those things. But we have access to those higher ways. Okay? All right. This is important because sometimes I think we... Um, we kind of give up too easily and we use this stuff as kind of a cop-out and of like, you know, oh man, I've been praying for this thing for so long and I'm just discouraged. I don't see anything coming to pass. I've been praying for this move of God here in Wilmington for years and there's just nothing. If anything, it looks like we're going the other way. You know what I mean? We're just... And like, you know, the enemy will come and he'll kind of beat you up and try to discourage you with your prayers and then, and like, he'll even use this scripture He'll actually use scripture, right? Did he do that to Jesus? He's going to do it to you too. He's going to use this scripture. His ways are higher. You just can't know his will. We don't know what's, you know. And, and we kind of use that as a cop-out to give up. Well, I guess we just, we just don't know his ways. I don't, I, I don't know what else to do, you know. And I want to encourage you. Don't listen to the punk. You can know his will. He wants you to know his will. Because he wants you. He wants to partner with you. Because he loves you. You know, when my kids were growing up, uh, they're, they're growing up now. But, you know, when they were really little, I would make coffee in the morning. And uh, my kids, they would come up like, Dad, 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 I want to, I want to, can I help make some coffee? You know, and um, I'm like, yeah, of course, you know. And obviously, I didn't need their, their help at all. If anything, they made a huge mess, and there was coffee grinds everywhere, <laughs> spilling the water, and, and I tried the coffee, and it's like super weak, and I was like, crap, well, we, we messed up somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I don't need their help, but I want them to be engaged with me because I love them, and I want them to be close to me. I, wanna, I just want them to know me. You know, our Heavenly Father is the same way. He doesn't need our help. If anything, we kind of like, <laughs> sometimes we, we just kind of make it things more complicated and mess things up a little bit more, but his grace like just covers over all that stuff. But he's, he's longing for intimate relationship with us in, in that partnership, okay? All right. So this is important because when we're actually practically praying the will of God, when we're actually praying, interceding for something, we, we, should, we should come with a confidence and an expectation that, okay, God, here's the situation. This is your purpose here in this place, and we're praying over this thing, and um, we, we need to find out what your will is for this situation, and we need to pray it out. Because I only want to be praying what you're praying and what you want us to pray, because ultimately that is what is going to release the resources of heaven to change the situation. You'd be praying all you want, and you know, you could be yelling and not, I mean, you could just like just do going through all the motions, but if you're not actually praying what he wants you to be praying, I mean, you're kind of wasting your time. He's like, man, I love their zeal, I love their passion. But man, if they would just like take a second and just like check with me, <laughs> this makes things so much easier. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's go through this practical kind of uh, uh, step of how we actually do this. How do we actually pray out? So, so first thing we're going to do is, all right, and this isn't like, gosh, I hate like going, doing like a step-by-step -step kind of thing, but this is, it's biblical, and, and there's always areas for re revision. Does that make sense? You guys find out how it works best for you. 
Does that, you know what I'm saying? My relationship with the Lord is not going to be exactly like your relationship with the Lord. My prayer life with the Lord is not going to look exactly like your prayer life. And that is totally okay. But these are just some principles to kind of help set up how do we actually do this. We've been talking about it a lot in theory over the weeks. But how do you actually get down in your prayer closet and do this thing? Right? All right. So step one. And these are going to be very simple. I'm going to tell you right now, the Holy Spirit, he gives us simple directions. We, just, we are the ones who complicate things. Step one. So first off, we identified, we know what the promises and the purposes of God are. Right? So we've already identified those things. Step one. Pray those things. <laughs> pray the promises back to God. Remind him about the promises. Wear him out with the promises, okay? Isaiah 62, 6, turn to it if you got it. I have set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, who will never hold their peace day or night, you who are his servants, and by your prayers put the Lord in remembrance of his promises. Keep not silent. Put him in remembrance. This is... This is him speaking through Isaiah. He's saying, guys, the promises I told you, tell me about them. Repeat them to me. Remind me about them. That's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, God, you know what your promises are. You told them to us, right? Why do you want me to keep talking to you about them if you already know what they are? It's about relationship. That's right. That's exactly right. And he's looking to see, he's testing us to see if we value what he values. And if we're, because if, and, and in this process, and we've talked about this before, it's a preparation for you to be able to handle the blessing of the promise, the weight and responsibility of the promise. And it's doing, it's doing something in your heart. It's causing you to value what he values. So repeat. So step one, right? Pray the promises back to God. Remind him of the promise over and over and over and over and over again. So, you know, it's talking about, I have set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, who never hold their peace day or night. Who set the watchmen on the walls? The Lord did. And why did he put them on those walls? From this scripture, why did he put those watchmen on the walls? That's right. To make, you know, to, to accomplish the purpose of God for Jerusalem. He's talking specifically in this scripture. But this is the same principle. He's the one who put the watchman on the wall. We aren't just like volunteer watchmen. Oh, I better get up on this wall, you know. He's calling us to be the watchman. Okay? It is on purpose that he did this. This is his plan, this whole thing. Okay, in 1 Timothy 1.18, this command I entrust you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may fight the good fight. So we take the promises and the prophetic promises of God, and we fight with them. We remind the Lord, and that's kind of like, that's kind of like what I'm picturing. When I'm in my prayer closet or wherever I'm praying with the Lord, I'm spending that one-on-one -on -one time with him, and I'm praying these promises of God to him. I'm just reminded and and I'll be honest, sometimes I'm just like, Lord, I'm so sick of like just telling you the same thing over and over again. Right? Has anybody else felt that way? God, I'm just tired of praying the same thing over and over and over again. And the Lord, you know what he tells me? Keep going. You're not there yet. Keep going. There is something going on in this process that is preparing you for the promise. You're getting to know me better. You're getting to know, I'm answering your prayer, Paul. That's what he tells me. I'm answering your prayer. In Exodus 33, I pray this prayer every day. 
Lord, teach me your ways that I may know you, that I may intimately, experientially know you through encounter. That's it. It's Exodus 33. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the exact uh, the number, but it's Exodus 33. It's Moses praying to the Lord. What's that? Isaiah? Oh, uh, Isaiah 62, 6? Is that it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so, so we're praying the promise back to God. We're throwing it back up to him. And sometimes, man, we're like, oh, man, Lord, I'm just I'm tired of doing this. I'm just sick of praying this prayer over and over again. I just feel like I'm just a broken record. And, um, but the Lord says, keep going. And then he'll show me. As I'm praying, he'll begin to show me things, not every time, but sometimes I'll get like little glimpses of more, more of his will, more of his will to pray, okay? So we're going to talk about that in step two, right? After we pray the promises of God, we do this. We watch and listen for what he'll say, okay? So we pray the promises up to God. Lord, I'm just praying that you would do this. You promised this through this word, through your word, through all these things. You promised this stuff. Okay, now I'm just going to sit. I'm just going to wait. I'm literally just going to sit here and do nothing and listen and watch. Okay, Habakkuk 2.1, it says, I stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. He's talking about a watchman here, right? And I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. There's an interesting line there. It says, and I will keep watch to see, to see what he will speak to me. That's uh, Habakkuk uh, 2.1. I will keep watch to see what he will speak to, to me. Anybody else? That sound weird? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep watch to see what he's going to speak to me. <laughs> Is that weird? Am I the only one? Yeah? What's, what's he talking about there? What's that? That it comes to pass, right, yeah, but are you guys hearing these two words, ready? I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. Do you guys ever, like, uh, see, when you see things, what, which, what do you, you use to, to see things with? Your eyes, right? When somebody speaks to you, what, what do you use to hear that person? Your ears, why is the Lord saying, I'm, you, uh, why is Habakkuk saying, I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait and, and, and see what the Lord's going to speak to me? Prophetic vision, right. So obviously when we hear from the Lord, when we are receiving from him the will of God, he's wanting to show us something in our, the spirit, right? Ephesians 1 17, 18, 19 prayer. You guys remember this prayer? I pray that the, your, the eyes of your heart may be flooded with light. And the word there, it means to see and to know. That you may see and know. So that's what I'm saying here. That when, we, when you're in that waiting time with the Lord, when you're asking him to speak to you concerning this promise that you just prayed back to him, a lot of times I just close my eyes. And I'm seeing what he would speak to me. And, and that being said, like, he'll show me pictures. You know, I'm using the prophetic gifting that's within all of us to know his voice, because John 10, 4, you know his voice. But he doesn't speak necessarily audibly. He does sometimes. But most of the time, he's showing you something in the eyes of your heart, and that's how he's speaking to you. Okay, I know you guys have been through the prophetic training, a lot of you guys, a bunch, and this is like, oh, duh, Paul, well, we know this stuff. Well, <laughs> I'm just encouraging you, we're going to apply this to prayer because this is effective prayer. This is how we're going to see breakthrough is when you apply these same principles. You receive 
a revelation. You get a picture of something. You get a scripture. It like just pops in your heart. You get this impression. You know, all the different ways that we train, you know, how you hear God's voice. And then you actually, you, you throw that back up to God. And if you, if you want to, like, see this played out, I encourage you guys in your own time, read Jeremiah one eleven. It's like Jeremiah's school of the prophets where like he, the, whole, the Lord shows him something and he, and he just throws it back up at the, God, at the Lord. And then he asks the Lord, okay, Lord, I'm seeing this. What is this you're showing me? What is the interpretation of what you're showing me? And then sitting and waiting and, and allowing him to unpack what that revelation is. And then with that revelation, you're going to pray it back up to him because that is the will of God over the situation. Does that make sense? So we gather this intel of the will of God over a situation, over this purpose, um, you know, in this intimate place with the Lord because, you know, he wants to, he calls us as friends and he wants to share his secrets. He wants to share the things that are burdening his heart the things that he cares about, he wants to share with us, right? You guys remember, uh, you know, the Last Supper, right? You guys remember the Last Supper? So there was this secret that was kind of going on that Jesus was kind of alluding to about that, you know, one of you here sitting at this table is going to betray me. There's a secret kind of going on. And who is the person who found out what that, that secret was? Do you guys remember? John. How come John, out of all the other 12, right, or the 11, right, how, how come he found out? What was special about John? He was close. Where was he? He was right next to him. He was right on top of him, right? He said his, his head, he laid his head on, on the chest of Jesus, right? And even Peter, wasn't it Peter, like poked him, was like, hey, hey, ask the master, you know, you're close to him, you know him, come on, ask him, who, who is he talking about? And because of John's proximity to the Lord, he knew the secrets, the things that was burdening the Lord's heart. This is a burden to the Lord. He wants the same intimate relationship with you and me. Isn't that awesome? I want to be that John. I want to, I want to be that close. I want to literally be laying my head on the chest of, the, of my Lord and Savior. And I want to know what's on his heart, what he cares about, what he's putting his time, his energy into. I want to be doing the same thing. We all have this, this same access. This isn't, this isn't just for, you know, the super Christian leaders that you guys watch on YouTube and TV and all these, you know, whatever. This is for all of us. You know, Moses's prayer was prophetic in the numbers when he, 29, when he says, I wish that all of you were prophets. He was talking about the, the kingdom of uh, the Israelites there. It was a prophetic promise for this new covenant for us to know Jesus in this way and to be able to partner with him. Okay, so he shares this intel with us. We pray it back to him. We come in agreement with heaven and we exercise our authority as sons and we say to that mountain, be cast into the sea, okay? Because sometimes, you know, when we're, we're praying for the purposes of God to happen here on our, in, in our church or in our um, friends' lives, our brother or sister's lives, you know, we talked about that last time. Remember the blockers? A lot of times the Lord will show you the blockers, the things that are keeping you from actually going from point A to point B from where you are now to what the promise is. And he will a lot of times identify what those, those blockers are, and this will come in this time of revelation, of this time of intimacy with the Lord. He's going to show you, Paul, there's this, there's this thing kind of going on, and I want you to use your authority as a son because this is what I'm doing in heaven, and when you come in agreement with it, when you pray it out in, with your voice, Heaven is going to be released, and this blocker is going to be addressed, right? This happened with Daniel, right, and Daniel 10. I don't have time to go there, but 
there was a block from him receiving revelation. He kept on praying and fasting for 21 days because there was a battle literally going on in heaven that was a blocker to the promises of God, to this revelation that he was seeking. But through his partnership with, with the Lord, more resources of heaven were released. Do you remember that? They sent the big guns, right? The archangel Michael came in and kicked some butt, right? That was because of Daniel's persistent prayer and him operating the authority that God had given to him to intercede. We also have the same thing. Man, if the Lord would unveil the spirit to, that we would see what our prayers actually do in the spirit, I think we, it would blow our minds. We'd be like, oh my gosh, I have that much authority? I can pray something and heaven responds by releasing these crazy, huge, spiritual, angelic beings to like do the work. That is the authority of this of the born that that authority has been given to day one born again Christian as a son because it's inheritance that he has and we're 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 learning you know what is it you know the um, you know he's showing us that Ephesians one eighteen he's he's revealing to us the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints right. So when we come in partnership, we can be confident that, hey, man, Lord, when I pray this because you showed it to me, I know, I know that I know that heaven is moving on our behalf because really it's your will, okay? So um, just kind of like a picture of this. Um, this was back in Maryland. Heather and I, uh, I was working at a church in Maryland. It's actually a Lutheran church, and... Um, and you, some of you guys know this, and there were two uh, identical twin pastors, awesome men of God. It was kind of weird, though. You had these two identical uh, pastors kind of working together, and um, their heart and their vision was to bring revival to the Lutheran church and to wake up the sleeping giant, you know, mainline denominational church. It's awesome vision, awesome men of God. And uh, when, you know, I started working there as I was a worship leader, actually, but, you know, I wore many hats, you know, <laughs> so you go into ministry, that's what happens. And I remember one time we were, Heather and I, we were, we were praying together, just us, we were praying over the church and we were asking, Lord, like we were just targeting this promise because there was a whole bunch of prophetic promises. These, these pastors, they, they went to Toronto and they went to uh, IHOP and they had all these prophets speaking over them, all these promises, you know. Uh, of what they, they were going to accomplish. And, um, and we, I was just literally just praying them back up to the Lord. Lord, you said this. You said this. You said this. And we're praying this. Heather and I are praying this. And all of a sudden, like, uh, Heather's like, oh, wow, that's weird. I was like, what? You know? So Because we were just kind of sitting, waiting. It was kind of like, you know, we just kind of prayed a bunch, and then we are just kind of sitting, waiting, and listening. Um, and... She's like, I see that. I saw this weird picture of these three kind of weird, like demonic looking things. And, um, and she started describing them to me. And I was like, wow, that's really weird. You know, that's really weird. And so um, we we're like, okay, well, let's ask the Lord. Like, Lord, so we did, we did the same thing. We we're like, Lord, okay, you're showing Heather these things. What are these things? What do you want us to do about it? Because like I told you before, like we don't try to get the revelation, try to figure it out with our brain. And like, okay, I see this, so I'm going to pray this. I know this. And no, we're going to throw it back up to the Lord. And like, Lord, okay, we're seeing this. What do you want us to do about it? How do you want us to pray? And he began to tell us to pray that, that they would be removed or they would be redeemed in some sort of a fashion of that. So we were just like, okay. So we began to pray uh, over these things, and we were feeling like the Lord was saying that th these three things were operating within the church, and they were blocking the Holy Spirit from really moving in our midst because they were actually they were bringing this a spirit of division. And we were just kind of getting this as we were praying back and forth with the Lord about it. And so, uh, so we just began to pray that. You know, we began to pray against these things as the Lord was showing us, 
and um, and we began to pray the opposite. We began to do the Ezekiel, uh, you know, dry bones. We began to pray for unity to come. We pray for the, you know, all of these things. We began to target it, okay? And that's why I even had this thing up here. So the bigger promise here, the bigger promise here was the Holy Spirit to move in the, the Lutheran church, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, Heather got that, that picture of those three spirits of division. And we begin to pray more. And the Lord's saying, release unity over your body. We began to pray that the Holy Spirit would move and bring unity within our body. And um, we, we began to, you know bind and all that kind of stuff, these spirits of division and to redeem people that are caught up in this. And we began, it's like, as we, were, we started out praying, it was real big, right? The whole, this move of the, of the Holy Spirit in the Lutheran church, in our specific church. Lord, you promised to do this. You want to do this. And all of a sudden, we got this revelation and the Lord began to show us a little bit more about it. That, okay, these are some blockers. So it's like, our, our target began to get more and more and more and more focused. And we just began to pray more and more, and that's what's going to happen. When you begin to pray the promises of God, the Lord's going to give you intel about the things that are blocking and the things that you need to be releasing over this situation, using your authority with the will of God to bring heaven on earth, and it's going to get closer and closer and closer. So, Long story short, or actually, this is still a long story. It's already a long story. Uh, so we shared with the pastor, you know, like, uh, yeah, about this thing was Heather was getting, uh, and they were just like, what? And we're like, what? You know something? This is a weird thing. Like, They're like, yeah, we're having issues with three individuals whom you're describing in this weird kind of how they looked. And they were bringing division to the church, and um, we, you know, and we just began to like target those things together in prayer. And two of the people left; one of them got redeemed and stayed. And we began to see the Holy Spirit moving in pockets in people's lives in that church. And um, and it all began with just. You know, there was a lots of other people praying. Don't get me wrong. It's not just me and Heather, uh, like, praying about this thing. But me and Heather were praying. But something was released here. And then we came in unity with the pastors, and they were praying. And, um, and we began to see the Holy Spirit begin to move in the, in the church. One of the pastors got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Talk about that. A Lutheran pastor getting baptized in the Holy Spirit was pretty awesome. And, you know, we just saw the Holy Spirit just moving and doing stuff. And... Um, but we started here in an intimate relationship with the Lord. He began to share us the intel from heaven, and we began to partner with him until we began to like hit that bullseye over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, it was not like three times we prayed for this thing. We prayed this thing every week for probably a couple years over and over and over again. And the Lord would get like give us more and more and more and more intel to pray, to partner with. I mean, that's what happens in my, my prayer life, right? When I'm praying over a promise of the Lord, I'll get a dream that will line up with this thing that I've been targeting. I've been just like hammering with the Lord. I'm like that persistent widow who will never give up, and I'm going to see the will of God happen in my life or in my family's life or in my church body's life. We're going to see it take place, right? But this is how you practically do it. And this was, I want to encourage you guys. I feel like this is an equipping time for you guys to, because some of you guys stood up a couple of weeks ago and you said, yes, I'm, in, I'm, I'm saying yes to this invitation to partner with God over the purposes of God for this body, for our region. And that we are going to come together and we're going to go target these things. This is how we're going to practically do it. Okay. It's not complicated. 
man, I got so much more. We got to end this thing. <laughs> um, it, does that does that help? Does that make sense? Man, it's such, and I just feel like the Lord saying, "Man, enjoy this process." Man, it was so awesome to like hear the voice of God. We were like the 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 friends of the bridegroom. We were like John the Baptist. We were we were preparing. It was that Isaiah forty highway, right? That higher way that we were preparing the way for the Lord to move. We were bringing up in our prayers. We're partnering with heaven for heaven to raise up the low places and to bring low the high places to make a path and a highway for the Lord, for the Holy Spirit to be moving within our body. He wants to do the same thing here. And I believe that even, you know, that he's showing some of you guys as you've been praying and and please, like, share them with, you know, the leadership team. I mean, we want to partner with you with these things. One of the things I believe is what Travis shared last week. It was a blocker. It was one of these things that is blocking, is bringing a high place down and a low place up, tolerating, tolerating Jezebel. I'm telling you, this, this is a... This is something that the Lord is working out of not just our body. I mean, we're just, you know, he's, this is happening throughout all of his body. He's, he's pinpointing things that are stealing from us, that we're tolerating, that are keeping, that are blocking the purposes of God in your personal life and in our corporate life. Does that make sense? I encourage you, keep praying that Psalm 139 prayer, Lord, search me. Show me any blockers in my life. Things that are stealing from me, the things that are stealing from the purposes of God in our church. Does that make sense? Does that, does that help? Because I, mean, I think some people were asking me, like, yeah, you guys talk about this. I'm not an intercessor. I hear that all the time. I was like, yes, you are. You're a kingdom of priests, and a priest is an intercessor. He stands in between heaven and the earth. And we've got, um, and your prayers, I just, I get this, over, I just keep getting this over and over again this morning. And this is for somebody here. Your prayers, they release supernatural resources from heaven. Whether you believe it or not, they do. They're doing something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray the Colossians 1 prayer over you guys and over me as well. And I just encourage you guys just to receive and to kind of come in agreement with me, okay? This is a Colossians 1-9 prayer. So, Father God, we just thank you right now, first and foremost, that for the privilege of partnering with you to see the purposes of God come to pass in our life, in our family's life, in our city's life, Lord, we, we say yes to your yes. We, we want to see your purposes come to pass here. Lord, we don't want to waste any more time. We want to partner with you and to target those things that are on your heart. And we're asking, Father, that you would reveal to us your will concerning these things. Father, I just pray, first and foremost, I pray the Ephesians 1.17 prayer over you, Lord, that you would give our body the spirit of wisdom and revelation that they may know you better in the knowledge of him, and that the eyes of their heart would be flooded with light, that they would know the hope to which they've been called, and that they would know the riches, and they would see it, the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints, and they would see and they would know the incomparably great power for them who believe. And I just pray that same uh, Colossians prayer over them, Lord, that, and over myself, Lord, that you would fill me and fill us with the full and deep and clear knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom, in comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things. Father, that you would fill us with the knowledge the experiential, the revelatory knowledge of your will for the purposes of God in our lives and in our church body's life. 
And that, Lord, we would partner with heaven to see them come to pass, to see the resources of heaven released, and for blockers to be removed. Lord, that the low places would be brought up and the high places brought down. That, Lord, that we would prepare a place and a highway for your moving in our midst. Because that's our prayer. That's why we're here. That's what we're after, Lord. We want to see that, Welsh, that, that revival greater than the Welsh revival where 100,000 came to know you in a year. We want to see that move greater than that move because you want to see it. And we want to partner with your purpose, your heart for the lost, your heart for, for those that, that, are, that need reconciled to you in our region, Lord. To see this area literally transformed for Jesus. We would literally see the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. So, Lord, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, we just yield to you. We just thank you for this partnership. We love you. We love your voice. We want to be friends of the bridegroom. We want to hear what you're saying, and we want to partner with you, God. So I just pray for an awesome grace for that prayer and for that prophetic revelation in the name of Jesus. Amen.